Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Marvel has released the first clip from Endgame. MCU stars have been confirmed for their Disney Plus series. And so much talk of your feedback and our theories and your theories and everyone's theories swirling around Endgame. This is so much Endgame talk. Ow! All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeffrey Beauregard Randall. How you doing, buddy? Beauregard or freaking? I was going to go with freaking, but my God, I am so excited, You're sir. Freaking out. Jeffrey freaking, freaking out. out. <laughs> That's my middle name now. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad middle name. I'm changing like, it. I'm going down to the courthouse right now. <laughs> James Bond or whatever. Danger is my middle name. And you're like, freaking out is my middle freaking name. Freaking out is my middle name. Uh, that seems... That seems that's not good. That's not positive. Emotionally unstable of you. <laughs> okay. You should get that looked at. Let's dive right in. First first, first thing first, new Avengers clip. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go. It's everywhere on the internet. Search for, uh, we'll try to put clip, uh, I think we I think we did tag it somewhere in our Facebook or Twitter. Um, but During the it's panic. The, it's the wonderful scene. It's kind of like a strategy session slash discussion of what's going on. In Endgame, it's our, it's our first uh, first example. So, a couple of big takeaways. I love how everyone's interacting. Um, yep. Captain Marvel seems to fit in perfectly. Um, th- there's this like weird combination of motivation and just utter depression going on, <laughs> <laughs> and all of it feels so real and yeah. palpable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the biggest thing I noticed that was interesting is they say he used the stones again. Yeah, that was the first thing that was said. Yeah. Uh, Widow said that he used the stones again. And she was looking in disbelief at at something, the, some sort of uh, uh, hologram model. Yeah, so we don't know what's going on there. We don't know how long it's been. It's obviously been long enough for... Uh, Captain Marvel to show up, and that's obviously been long enough for them to like do the whole battery thing. So we're thinking days to weeks um, since the first snap, and now they're getting some sort of alert that he's used the stones again. But we don't know how they're getting that. We don't know anything about this uh, crazy pseudoscience. But that that was really interesting to me um, that yeah. he is he is out there, and they are tracking him. You know. Yep. Yep. In some way. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, that's a big deal. Um, and then, and then it was some of the stuff we'd already seen with, um, Thor interacting with Captain Marvel. Thought that was great. And of course, probably the best moment of the trailer was let's go get that son of a bitch. Oh, you mean the thing that Robert Vogel, uh, tweeted at us about said, add MCU cast, OMG, the release scene from this morning, language, <laughs> Ice and cream. then four crying laughing emojis. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's no longer language, it's ice cream on this podcast. Yeah. No, ice cream's the response to language. Ah, my bad. Uh yeah, that was uh, if you weren't here, we discussed that last week. Uh <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, where Matt's giving children diabetes. Yeah, exactly. We got some feedback on that too. Uh <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a little while. Um sorry. Sorry. I gave myself diabetes for years and now it's her turn. Um, oh wow. <laughs> It's a real. That was a real supervillain thing to say. That was. That was like. That was like one of the worst supervillains that I've ever heard written. But uh, you know, it 
It's it's like that that comic book that uh, that dentists would use to try to get kids to brush their teeth. It's like ah, oh, <laughs> the candy fiend, like the candy man's coming. Oh, he's gonna give you candy, but he's trying to rot your teeth. Oh yeah, except it's like, diabetes. It feels much better for having a children's just, children's it's like, comic. Oh. <laughs> he wants you to have to stab yourself in the gut with a needle every day. Oh, like what? Man. man, this really got dark too quickly. Yeah. Um all right. Well, you know, after Infinity War, everything's just yeah. dark. Everything's darkness. <laughs> Hello uh, darkness, my old friend. Absolutely. Uh, right. uh, we got another tweet from uh, from a listener, Orly Baldadara, said, Adams, you can- still waiting for your reaction on the new hashtag Avengers Endgame official clip. I'm so lucky to have found you, fellow MCU Avengers mate, MCU head, whatever they call us. Hello from Dubai. <laughs> wow, from Dubai. That's amazing. Thanks for writing in, Orly. Um, thanks for checking well, us is. out. We, by the way, we have gotten tons of feedback saying you're new listeners. Uh, if you are new listeners, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, we do, we talk about everything Marvel here, um, and it is super rad to have, have so many new people checking us out. Like, um, we always, uh, leading up to Endgame, were you expected to get a lot of, a lot of feedback? I wasn't expecting this many new listeners, uh, so soon. And the, the numbers have been great, but also just tons of feedback saying, first time, <laughs> new listener, first time writing, here you go. And it's just exciting. It's adding to the conversation a ton. Um, and that's awesome. So thank you. Thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, welcome. We hope you like the show and stick around. Uh, cause we're here all the time. Not just around Endgame. We're here all the time. <laughs> And to the old listeners, we still love you too. Welcome back. Yeah, d- your new. Let's brothers. be nice. We we love you all equally. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. We don't. Let's let's be nice as we incorporate them into the fold. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so we had a few other newsy things happen um, that I I guess we got confirmation on some things that we kind of heard about in the past. Yeah, there had been talk of, uh, you know, there being a Loki series being developed for Disney Plus. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be Tom Hiddleston. And, you know, there was... There was speculation and discussion and like nothing absolutely confirmed, but it has finally been confirmed by Disney that Tom Hiddleston will be starring as Loki in a Loki series for Disney Plus. Yeah, this is insane. Um, it's crazy, the, the, and it's not just Loki. Let's just go ahead and go ahead and say, yeah, Loki's it's, been, it's not just Loki. Loki's been confirmed as Tom Hiddleston or with as with Tom Hiddleston as Loki, um, and yep. then we've got. Uh, Wanda and Vision. One, and they're calling it WandaVision, is that correct? WandaVision, yeah. It's the Scarlet Witch and Vision series starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. That is mind-blowing. I mean, this is the same kind of news we got for The Defenders a few years ago, where, hey, yep. a, uh, you know, you got four new series coming to a streaming service, but instead of it being, uh, you know, no named actors. Uh, this is this is the team. Like this is the main A team yeah, for the Avengers. This is the MCU care. Like the the actors, the people, and this is, these aren't the only ones. There's another couple of series. There's gonna be a Hawkeye series. That's amazing. Starring Jeremy series. Renner. Yeah. Not just that, but it was also announced that that Hawkeye series is going to be about. Clint Barton, Jeremy Renner, training a replacement for himself in Kate Bishop, training his replacement so that she can take over the role of Hawkeye. Man, that is so big. 
So cool. Um, it, some of these things, while uh, while I'm excited about all of them, they are kind of giving us some of uh, in-game spoilers here. I mean, this could all be lies. Like, I, I'm not. I would not be shocked if one or multiple of these series it just ends up. Oh no, that character actually died in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> one um, more, sir. Though yeah, we're yeah, not no, done. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> There's going to be a Falcon and Winter Soldier series starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Yeah, that's insane. And those two had gr- have great chemistry. Yeah, they do. I want that to be like a, a bitter buddy cop drama or even comedy. I'm okay with comedy from those two. Uh, I want that to be like a, a, a buddy cop thing where they're trying to figure out who's going to take on the mantle of Captain America after <laughs> he obviously dies in Infinity War. No, it, it doesn't even need to be like a buddy cop thing. It needs to be like a um, reality TV. Oh, God, uh, yes. A reality TV contest where they uh, <laughs> try to figure out who's going to be the next Captain America. No, no, Matt, Matt, America's this is our next chance. Captain, America's next top captain. This is our chance to have the reality series like The Office, but from the inside of Avengers Compound. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Have like Sebastian Stan just be like, he never moves his seat up. Just like staring at the camera, he never moves his seat up. He's so rude. I actually think that sounds like a great idea. Like, I, I would watch a show that's those two not even fighting, but just hanging out in Avengers Compound, like, picking on each other in, like, uh, Dwight and Jim fashion. Yes! My God, that yeah. would be so good. That would be so good. And, and they've also, I don't know if this was this week, but they've also officially announced uh, the What If series, which is animated? Is that, yeah, is that what it's, we're hearing? It's going to be an animated series uh, based on the Marvel What If stories. And they revealed that the first one is going to be a story of what if Pe- uh, Peggy Carter was given the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers. And what is, you know, it, pl- part of that is Steve Rogers gets a uh, an armor suit from Howard Stark. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I could take or leave. Uh, him getting the armor suit. I'm just excited about a Peggy Carter story where she's just straight up the super, the super soldier. That's yeah. so cool. I'm all about that. And, um, uh, so Disney Plus was announced when it's coming out, right? When, yeah, when's it, is, it, it is dropping. Like the service is going live November 12th, and it is going to be six dollars and ninety nine cents per month. Wow, that's actually cheaper than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to really put a dent in. Uh, in the Netflix numbers. Also, when that debuts, Captain Marvel, the, the film Captain Marvel is going to debut on the series when it launches. Or, I'm sorry, on the service when it launches. Uh, it's going to go straight past Netflix. Not even going to stop. It's not going to collect $200. Yeah. Just going straight to, straight to Disney+. Plus. That's cool. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I, I think that's totally a good deal. I absolutely will pay six ninety nine a month for all these series, you know? Absolutely. Um, yes. I, it reminds me of, you know, I, I pay for HBO right now. It's $15 a month. And, and you're, you're sure? only watching Game of Thrones. Oh, well, no. I watch a lot of things on HBO, no, no, actually. Just, just go with it. Just accept uh, it. But no, no, no. I will not. I, I love Barry, man. <laughs> Barry is so good. Um, Bill Hader as a f- assassin who wants to be a, uh actor. That's a really good show. Okay. Okay. And uh, Last Week Tonight, like that show a lot. Oh, yeah. John Oliver is really funny. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few really good things on HBO, but... Honestly, nothing that I want to see as much as I want to see these series, and this is less than half the price. Um, that's yeah. super awesome. I was expecting him to go closer to the same as HBO. 
Okay. Uh, do we want to dive into? We got we got lots and lots and lots of feedback. By the way, uh, we love you all. We really do. Uh, it, it means so much when all of you write in. Um, but we are getting massive amounts of feedback lately, and we love it. Uh, but if you try to keep some of your feedbacks brief, we might be able to get to them quicker. Because some of the f- longer feedbacks we're having to put at the end just so we can get to more people. And um, basically, if you put your feedback in and it's somewhat brief, I'm not talking like a sentence, but, you know, a paragraph uh, it, it, or, or around there, it helps us get to more people. <laughs> and honestly, it'll probably get to you because we're probably we're, we've got a few people who wrote in like multi-page feedbacks today. And we had to put them at the bottom of the list. And we're like, if we get to them. Because we just can't read everybody's multi-page feedback. I think normally it's it's more cool, and I love like some really detailed feedback. Uh, sometimes they come into really cool things, but uh, uh, we just have so much going on right now with Endgame that we're just not going to be able to get to everything. Um, and and I, uh, our policy up till now has been we try to read every piece of feedback that comes in. We miss something falls to the crack here and there, but we try to read everything. If it, if the feedback keeps growing, we may have to kind of like switch to a more like curated model of the feedback we read, uh, but it'll help to get, I like getting to everything cause I like having everybody involved in the conversation. So that may not be possible upcoming. Though. Yeah. It really may not be possible if we keep, if the audience keeps growing the way it is. And, um, honestly within game, I think, I think we're going to have a lot of new listeners, uh, that generally when these big movies come out, we maintain a pretty good percentage of those new listeners yeah. and yeah. then we get a lot more feedback and it's awesome. I freaking love it. It's so exciting, but I just wanted everybody to know we are more likely to get your feedback basically if it is shorter <laughs> because yeah. if, if you recall last year when infinity war came out, we had three separate, very long <laughs> feedback episodes that were separate from our original like knee jerk response yeah, we, episode. Which, which no, I want to do that again. I think we're going to end up doing that oh, again. We're absolutely going to have to do that again. Uh, just, we get so much of it around these simple movies. Right. And this one is going to be no different because I mean, uh, Endgame has already outsold you know, in its first seven days of being available for, for uh, ticket sales. It's already outsold the pre-sales of infinity war five times over. That's so insane. It's crazy. So, so insane. So, uh, anyway, we're going to dive into some feedback. We're going to get to as many as we can today. We may have to get some next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, p- please send in your feedback. Uh, but I guess the big thing is try to condense it down to the, uh, the major points you want to make because we are more likely to get it that way and more likely to be able to spend more time on it. Um, and I mean, and, and I think, I think too, like people tend to enjoy, uh, when, uh, you know, we have a chance to talk about the feedback. Uh, some of those really long ones, uh, we read them and then we just can't, like there's just uh, too many thoughts in there and we're like, let's pick one thing in there to talk about <laughs> or two, you know, um, or we have to break the email down piece by piece. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, just, just trying to keep things. Uh, so that's just a little housekeeping. Uh, if you're, if you want to get your feedback on the show over the next couple of weeks, you pr- keep it short and sweet. It will be more likely to be able to make it on because we are so we we're like at right now I'm looking at a page with like 28 pages of feedback that we have currently <laughs> like that's that's so much feedback uh so we're going to get to as many as we can so let's just dive in let's stop talking about it and dive in yeah. oh and kinder hit us up on twitter said at mcu cast Wh- quick question what do you think the ending of endgame will be like sad 
happy. Um, uh, I'm yeah. just going to start throwing out emotions. Okay, yeah, throw out all the emotions. Do it. Literally every emotion is going to, to happen at the end of Endgame. It's going to be satisfying. It's going to be uh, kind of sad uh, to probably have to pass the torch from the original six. Uh, we're going to be hopeful about the future. We're going to feel um, relief in some way, probably. Um, you're going to have to pee. More than likely, because it's a long movie. Um, I, I think first thing I would say, it's going to be happier than in, in Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't be much sadder. No, it couldn't be. And I, and I think that one ended on such a down note so that this one's going to feel all the sweeter. Right, right. It's, uh, it's, it's taking the dive so that this one can shine. As for plot elements, if that's what you're asking. Um, no freaking clue. No clue. I do think we'll lose someone. Um, mm-hmm. because I don't think this movie is going to have the stakes if we don't. Uh, I think we will probably lose one, if not multiple, of the original six. Um, of the original six, who we lose in, Jeff? Make your calls. Let's, let's do it. Let's, what are we going to bet on it? Let's, let's fir- oh, first, let's, let's, let's bet something, and then let's make our calls. If I win, you have to say that Jeff is an amazing podcaster slash genius. Okay. Sounds good. If no, I win, that was just that was from Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, no, no. I think that was sounds fine. And if I okay, win, yeah, sure. You give me a thousand dollars. I don't like that. <laughs> I think that's a fair trade. Uh, I'm just kidding. So make your calls. Who do you think is going to? Uh, <clears throat> who do you think is going to bite it? I am about ninety nine 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 percent certain that captain america steve rogers is going to if not die then not stay on this timeline yeah i th- I don't know if it's feedback that we have in this feedback cluster or not but we did have someone write in that said had a really clever idea that if this movie involves time travel what if Captain America gets to go back and live out his days with Peggy Carter somehow? Oh like, my God! What yes. if, and what if she knew that all along when she, you know, saying her goodbyes and stuff? Oh um, God! Yeah, it, yeah, that would that, be the best way for his story to end. I think that feedback uh, is the one that, like, that made me, you know, spark that idea and and kind of just get right on board with that. Um, that was a good, good idea. I like it. I think I agree with you. I think we're ninety nine percent losing Cap. Um, I think we are like seventy percent losing uh, Iron Stark. Man. Yeah, yep, or Stark. Yeah, I think I think we're very likely losing Stark. I don't think we're losing Thor. I don't think we're losing Black Widow, and I don't think we're losing Hawkeye. Uh, mostly because we have announcements about their movies. Uh, we don't have a new Thor movie, but I think I think he's just having too much fun. I don't think that Hemsworth is. I don't think Hemsworth is looking to stop working out, <laughs> which seems yeah. to be the main motivation behind Chris Evans wanting to walk away. <laughs> have you, have oh, you heard him in interviews talk I, about? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, he's like hey, it's a lot of work. And it just seems like he's like, this isn't the kind of guy I am. Like, I'm a pretty fit guy, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm normally human torch fit. I'm not normally right. Captain America fit. <laughs> I just want to go back to being human torch fit. Right. Right. I'm, I'm ready to just be the, the dad bod hot guy. 
Like, can I just can I go back to that? Can I well, go to that? Dad bod is is overstating it. I think I think he just doesn't want to have like huge amounts of muscle um, that takes him eating. I think he's being tortured every day by eating chicken breast constantly, and he's like, right. man, how could how amazing would it be to live a normal life again? And uh, <laughs> I think Downey has somehow worked out because he's Iron Man. He's worked out the fact that like. He doesn't have to do that. <laughs> yep. He just has yep. to stay in Iron Man shape, which is pretty easy. But I think Chris Hemsworth's not in a rush to get out of here, and I think they've just found the voice of Thor over the last couple of movies. Absolutely, yeah. Especially in, in Ragnarok when he was allowed to have a little bit more fun. I think that change to the character has really like uh, kind of revitalized him as far as uh, his dedication to the role. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, as for the first six, I think that's our, uh, that's our, that's my call, anyway. Uh, now, Hulk. Hulk is the X factor here. What do you think about Hulk? I don't know, I don't, I just don't, uh, I don't know how to read it. I, I, I've definitely heard things in the past about, um, it seems like a Ruffalo is not, thinks of these movies as kinds of like kids fun. But, well, listening to him on the, this junket, uh, he seems to have really embraced uh, he I, the way the good mood he seemed to be in over these junkets I've been watching. It seems yeah. like he's one of two things: either he's embraced his role as Hulk and he really likes what he's doing now, and understands that these movies do have a little more depth, and he's like into it, or he's done with it and he knows it. <laughs> 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 like he's just been in such a good mood compared to previous junkets I've seen him in. Yeah, yeah. I I like to think that he uh, has really embraced it because the movies have stepped up their game um, right. as far as how freaking good they are. The substance has been a lot higher in. I mean, Infinity War. I mean, ever since I think um, the Russos joined the fold, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Rousseaus brought in with Winter Soldier. They brought in a, a more adult style movie, and then Civil War. They did it again, um, and then obviously Infinity War was one of the darkest things we've ever seen. It's just um, they, they've they've brought a, a new level and a new seriousness to these movies, and maybe he's embracing that, or who knows? Maybe he just really loved being Ragnarok, and like he's looking forward to <laughs> playing that sort of comedy. Can I have again. more fun? Yeah, who doesn't yeah. want to have more fun? Right, um, but right. I, I do think that uh, we're probably losing Stark, and we're almost definitely losing Cap. That's my thoughts. Yeah. The, the the thing surrounding Hulk that's the most difficult to uh, to kind of deal with is that there are so many parts of the Hulk mythos that just have not been addressed at all because of the Universal deal, right? And like not being able to to do the She Hulk, and you know not being able to go down the uh, the recurring abomination or the leader uh right, villain route right, right, or right. there's a, definitely a lot more Ross, to do like ugh. there's definitely a lot more that we want them to do but that so, yeah i just don't i don't think hulk i don't think hulk is dying i don't, i wouldn't be surprised if we lost ruffalo at some point and they had to recast that they've already done once <laughs> they're okay with doing that they seem okay with it uh, and they did a good job last time I, I think it'd be harder I, there wasn't a lot of love for edward norton so i think it'd be harder to recast ruffalo because he's been so beloved in yep. that role um anyway i, I think that's uh, pretty good so, uh, that's how we think it'll end um from that perspective i guess the the big question in my mind, and it, the big one of the biggest criticisms of 
the MCU in general is that they tend to not focus on the story they're telling because they're trying to set up the next thing. I don't agree with that criticism. I think it's mostly bullshit. But the, the, the big question for me is how will they balance that? Because if they really end this movie and it just feels like an ending, then how drawn are we to go seeing the next Marvel thing? They're going to have to do something to tease the next era. Era. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I don't know how much they're going to focus on that. Will it be a post-credit sequence, or will it be a like plot line in the movie? I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll be the prior. I th- I'm hoping that it will be a small nod to something coming in the future. What I think uh, is very likely to happen is that there's going to be a time jump in Infinity War, where we see like the next generation kind of coming up, and um they get brought up the the wrong way because the bad things happened so you know they go back in time they fix everything and then there's a determination at the end of it to bring the next generation of heroes up the right way and to train them properly like you and see you see Scott uh, picking up a young stature and like learning starting to train her that kind of thing yeah yeah. Because I mean, yeah. in in the the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp movie, she specifically said, like, you know, you need a partner, you need somebody watching your back, and she was like, I was talking about me, but I guess you can go talk to Hope. <laughs> like so cute, so cute. So absolutely cute. the most adorable child ever. But but you know, she's going to be growing up, not just figuratively either. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I mean. I, I think that there's going to be a big push to to train the new generation. If we if we don't see them founding like an Avengers Academy or you know starting a uh, a program and something like that, then there there's at least going to be the determination at the end of like you know we need we really need to get the 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 kids aligned and, and aimed. Yeah, learn to aim the future generation so that this doesn't happen again. Right. So I think that's possible. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't... Uh, what do they have time for? I keep thinking, and then I'm like, yeah, it's three hours long. They got time for a lot. <laughs> they got time for so much movie. There's so much movie in this. Yep. I'm so excited. All right, let's get to the next uh, feedback. All right, so next up, Joe Slavich sent us an email and said, Hey, guys, I imagine you've been getting many new listeners over the past week, and I will claim myself as one. Hello, Joe. Welcome, Joe. I love the podcast and I appreciate your approach to celebrating the MCU. I have two thoughts that I wanted to pass your way and get some feedback on. Firstly, in every Avengers movie, we've been introduced to integral new characters that have played a large role in the universe going forward. Often these new characters are introduced by surprise, like Scarlet Witch, Vision, etc. Ever since the conclusion of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I've been waiting for the arrival of Adam Warlock, given that Marvel planted that seed years ago. Do you think that Endgame could have a twist that introduces this character? Hmm. I can go and dive into that if you want. I don't think so, personally. Yeah, I don't think that Adam Warlock is the way to go right now. They're with this movie. They're they're finalizing. They're finishing up. They're they're closing off. They're you know wrapping up in a nice little package all of the stories over the past ten years. Like they're they're finishing the the major 
story of the original six is my opinion. I don't think that they're going to give the win to somebody else just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think that's true. And also, I'm fairly certain that is a James Gunn passion introducing Adam Warlock. Yeah. And I think that the post-credit sequence to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was alluding to the fact that he will be coming um, and that he's hanging out in a cocoon somewhere with those golden folks um, waiting on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, waiting on uh, Disney to rehire James Gunn so that they can finish Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think that's that's what I think is ha- going to happen. <laughs> he's like, can't come out yet. James Gunn hasn't been rehired. <laughs> Please, someone Photoshop that. <laughs> <laughs> just like come Adam on Warlock's Adam cocoon. come on out Adam's Warlock cocoon with like a um, he's put his hand on the glass and it says not my director <laughs> oh man um, like a not Penny's boat anybody lost fans okay what else does uh, secondly <laughs> Joe have to say <laughs> Secondly, viewers aptly noticed that Captain Marvel's cloak colors were dangling from the Black Dwarf's belt in Infinity War. This obviously did not come up during Captain Marvel, as many were hoping. Is this something that will be included in the Captain Marvel sequel? If so, props to Marvel for planting these seeds way early. Thanks again. Ooh, good call. Uh, It definitely could be in the sequel. There's a lot of story of Captain Marvel left untold because she's been out there flying around in the galaxy for 20 years or whatever. Yeah. Is it 30, 30 years? 25? Uh, it's 20. It's going to be, it's, it's closer to 2025. 20, yeah. Um, and like she said in that clip, you know, there's a lot of planets out there that don't have the Avengers, you know? Yeah. They and need it, defending too. Hmm. But what does it mean that he has her colors framing for his sash? Is he like, did he, does he think he killed her at some point? Um, was he an ally of hers at some point? Like it just, yeah, really don't know what that means, if it means anything, or if that is just another sash from another being. Yeah, um, I remember there being something about uh, about that that came up right after Infinity War, where uh, either Feige or the directors uh, addressed it and said, you know, it's not what you think, it's, you know, it's not really anything, but, I mean, they lied to us before. Yeah, for sure. So... <laughs> So, you know, could go anywhere. Could be, could be. Uh, let's see. Next up, Glenn Kessler said to us in an email, really enjoyed last week's episode. Hope I'm not too late with my crazy fan theories. Never, Never too, too late. Never late. Never too late for a crazy fan theory. <laughs> so, okay, so you know how we're all so upset at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for not acknowledging the snapshot during last season's final episodes. Well, what if they did? I think most of us assume that in Endgame, the surviving Avengers will somehow reverse the loss of half the universe. If this happens through some sort of time travel, where they get to fight the Battle of Wakanda over again, then Thanos would be stopped and the snapshot would not occur. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would therefore be seen as telling uh, the telling of the timeline after Endgame once things are fixed, rather than when they're broken. Doing this is much smarter and avoids obsolete agents episodes. The snapshot will have only occurred in the memories of the surviving Avengers, most of which we expect to die. Uh, it's much simpler to choose the fixed timelines for, for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, equally as gut-wrenching, knowing that our heroes for the last ten years may all be gone, having carried a burden of loss that no one other than them will know. Ah, the joys of time travel. Yeah. I, I think... You are probably correct, Glenn, uh, that, 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 that they're telling the story, um, you know, 
post the fixing of the timeline. I, you know, the more and more I think about this movie, the less and less I'm sure it's time travel. <laughs> it's got to be right. It's got to be time travel. I keep. It's got to be. I keep wondering if time travel has just been a crazy red herring all this time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like you know. It's what, really what if, hard to say. What if time travel is just Hulk, a, a, a bigger version of Hulk running through Wakanda? You know, like God, what man. if time travel? All the stuff. What if the mentioning of time vortexes in Ant Man, like all that stuff, is just a misdirect, and we're just moving forward to the timeline, and they they're going to go fix it if that happens then that will be a problem for not only uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but probably for Cloak and Dagger as well, um, and all of the <laughs> Netflix series, because they will have to mention it after that. Um, it, it'll be weird. I don't know. It's weird, man. It's weird. Yeah, it's, um, it's God, it's one of those things where, you know, if they don't, if it's not time travel and they don't go and fix it before it happens, um, you kind of blow up our our understanding of this it's all connected universe even if it is all like tenuously threaded together where you know we kind of have to bake in our own connections yeah it's kind of hard to say that ty and tandy on cloak and dagger did not mention the fact that everyone disappeared a year ago or whatever (laughs) like right that's kind of hard to swallow and and similarly on agents of shield it's hard to swallow that um you know they, they wouldn't mention when 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 May comes back. They're not all like, "Well, I'm glad you're back, May." Everyone disappeared. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm glad you're back, May, because uh, we don't have a pilot anymore. He turned to ash in the cockpit somehow. Yeah, man, that would have been such a good ending to that show, though, <laughs> wouldn't it? Damn yeah. it! Damn it! Been, it would have been such a great ending to last season if everyone just dusted. Uh, let's see Glenn continues saying alright so now theory number two we already saw that infinity stones can be destroyed Scarlet Witch destroying the mind stone so what if the Avengers endgame is to destroy all of the infinity stones could the blast from such a powerful explosion of energy cascade around the world we never saw what the ramifications of the mind stone exploding would be because Thanos put it back together too fast but if an explosion of basically a tesseract battery can create Captain Marvel what could the destruction of all six do across Earth? Mutants, perhaps? Fantastic Four? Perhaps, you know, insert Dr. Evil Pinky to mouth move? <laughs> Thanks again for all the great podcasts. Excelsior! I think it could, it could create the mutants. It could create the Fantastic Four. I doubt it will create Dr. Evil. Uh, um, no, I think that was, uh, I that know, was just a he was just stage cue. Yeah, it was a stage cue. I just thought it was funny. Uh, just trying to make a joke. Woo! <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, Terrible joke. Terrible joke. I don't know. That's an interesting <laughs> idea. Um, I, like, I'm really interested to see what they're gonna, how they're going to bring in the X Men. Like, I am totally, uh, like, confused by the idea. Like, what are they going to do? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, totally confused. I don't know. I don't know the smart way to do it. I don't know how to do it well without you know weird ramifications for either the X Men or the universe that they'd be joining. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll what see. What if, what if blowing up the Infinity Stones just creates a hole in space where it's a hole between 
dimensions. Yeah. Or I mean, it's possible. a hole between universes. I don't love the idea of the incursion. Like, sure, incursion, if eventually they come together in our one universe. Um, the idea with the, the incursion, though, is like, if someone comes over from another universe, that's just a one-time thing, or it becomes like a thing where they're traveling back and forth. Then you got this whole like weird sort of like, okay, we've got two universes interacting all the time, but they're not really together. So then they're just together when it's convenient for the plot for them to be together and not when it's not like I'd rather them all just live in the same universe. Yeah, I would too. I I don't really want to have to have like an infinity war stop, like an infinity stone explode every time I want Captain America and Wolverine to interact, you know, (laughs) it's like we only get six of these guys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We got to make them count. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Joseph Dremel said to us in an email, What's up, guys? Love the podcast. Thank you, Joseph. <laughs> in the second trailer, the female voice after Tony Stark is elderly Peggy Carter in a scene from Captain America Winter Soldier. Steve Rogers is sitting at her bedside when she says the uh, the lines we hear in the trailer. Love the podcast. Can't wait for Endgame. Hashtag whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Wakanda forever. All right, so Dustin Kaufman sent us an email. Hey, guys, Dustin here. So first things first, in the beginning, Banner said, so if we're going in, does he mean into the quantum realm or to space to go fight Thanos, as shown closer to the end? Second, since when has Hawkeye had all those tattoos? Do you think they showed... I'm sorry, do you think they showed that to kind of hint to the dark past few weeks or months or years he's gone through? Also, love how it at least looks like Tony and Cap are getting along again. Uh, Another thing, do you think all this footage is still from the first 15 minutes? Because that would be surprising that they would fight Thanos that close to the beginning. Lastly, in the last part of the trailer, where is their nice white matching suits? Anyway, thanks for the great podcast. Until next time. All right, a lot, a lot in there. Um, a lot. <laughs> so, I have no idea what they're going into. It seems like they're just talking about going after Thanos. It seems like, to me, what's going to happen, after watching this uh, clip multiple times, is this clip is the beginning of the movie, very close to it. And they f- somehow track... You Maybe they use Captain Marvel technology, I don't know. But somehow they track what he's doing with the stones. He's out in the universe doing something. And then Captain Marvel is like, we got to go take care of him. They go to try to take care of him, and they fail again. That's Mm. my best theory right now. So maybe that shot of them walking up on him in that one moment is, um, you know, before... Is is part of the first fifteen minutes. Like I think they're gonna have multiple battles. I think they might have a Thanos battle and then lose, and then we have the time jump, and then we have the you know time travel storyline. But I don't know. Oh man, the answer is so hard to say. It's so crazy that we are two weeks away from this movie coming out, and we still know jack shit about how it's going to go. I love it. I love it so much that they've done such a good job of keeping everything a secret. Um, Uh, Hawkeye's tattoos. Hawkeye's tattoos. Uh, We've seen his arms, and he did not have those tattoos. So, yeah, Um, I think it's a hint at the darkness of the... And they look like they've been there a while. They're not brand new. So, it looks like uh, that is after the time jump, I guess? Probably. Probably. Uh, it's it's certainly um, after he obviously loses his entire freaking family. Probably. 
Oh, he probably loses his entire family, and it's going to be real dark and real sad. Um, God. It's possible he only loses two of them. Maybe he loses two and then, you know, keeps working with his daughter sitting there teaching her to shoot the arrows. Nope. Nope. Um, it does look like <laughs> Cap and them are getting along. Um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea why they're going to fight Thanos without their magic suits. That's my best. My best thing is I think they're going to fight him once at the beginning. Uh, they're going to lose. And then they're going to have to go back and maybe not even fight Thanos again, but do something with time travel. I, that's my best guess. Yeah. Now those, uh, those nice matching suits were, if you notice at the end, uh, in those, in those matching suits, or, or you know, when they had the, all those red and white matching suits, that. Scott Lang was there and Nebula was there and, you know, the whole freaking team was there. Like everybody who was left is there, uh, plus Tony and they, uh, the, the clip at the, that they showed doesn't have like, it doesn't have Nebula, doesn't have Scott, doesn't have Tony. So that's going to be, that's going to be an early movie thing. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're, they're, they're going to go after him. They're not going to win, and then they're going to have to the, – the whole movie is going to be about getting together the resources and people they need to finish this fight. Yep. Or do something so that the fight never happens. Yep. Oh, man. You couldn't live with your own failure. Where did that lead you? Back to me. Back to me. Oh, God. <laughs> Josh Brolin, you're so amazing. Okay, I'm okay. Uh, so, moving on. Adara Glader said to us on an email, I was wondering about Ant-Man. His size-changing abilities come from pin particles, which Scott Lang did not invent and does not know how to make. Uh, even if he had the formula, creating pin particles requires years of knowledge and a few PhDs. Uh, he could ask Bruce to make them, but that's also not Bruce's area of expertise, and either Bruce or Scott can mess, up the, mess the particles up, causing problems. Uh, Tony probably wouldn't have time between food, medical attention, and fixing his suit. Also, in the latest teaser, Scott is not on the spaceship, so he might have run out of particles or have some issue. Last I checked, pin particles can only be used a few times. Uh, even if Scott manages to get to Thanos, Thanos has the reality stone. Even though the stone only affects your perception of reality, it would be very difficult for Scott to fight or do anything when he perceives the world the way he would when he was large, when he's small, and vice versa. Thoughts? I really like your podcast, and hope you keep going for a long time. Thanks, Adara. Appreciate that. Um... So I don't think it's good. They've never really discussed in the movies that using the suit expends pin particles. Like I think that might be the way it is in the comic books, but in the movies, I think as long as he has that suit, then we're not going to question it. <laughs> it's going to be like, all right, well, that suit is just what makes him smaller. So I don't think we're yeah. going to have much of an issue with that. Too too bad. Yeah, they uh, they never really touch on it, so it's it's still kind of like up in the air pseudoscience. Like, uh, sure. Also, do the reality does the reality stone only affect your perception of reality? I, from what I understand, it it only affects reality while it's in the proximity. Okay. And I thought it affected the reality though. Like, it actually does the things that it does. Uh, she's saying it only affects the perception. I don't know. Uh, it seemed like in the movie that it actually changes things. I mean, it like it fused, um, uh, the Hulk buster into that rock, you know, 
it, it seems to have done some actual things. Well, that one actually uh, was blue. Like that effect was blue. Oh, which is the so, space, space stone. Okay, space stone. Man, I, yeah, I'm not real up on the stones. Um, <laughs> which I want to be. I really want to pay attention so I see when it glows, what color, what they're, what he's actually using. I love, I love that kind of stuff. I love that the the Thanos sort of has these interesting limitations and not necessarily limitations, but um, I don't know rules around what's going on i think yeah it's really cool. there being rules to it is kind of the uh the really interesting thing like he can only use the gauntlet in certain ways probably or you know he he in the fight on titan he was activating each stone one at a time and wasn't yeah. really combining effects and so it's it's up to him to kind of like how can he how can he switch the powers out really quickly or, you know, utilize them in, in quick sequence to do the things that he wants to do. And of course it, it seems the snap used all of them and it blew out the glove. It looked like, but it seems like he's still using the stones somehow. So yeah, we, we just don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he snapped and then he disappeared, um, you know, with the, with the space stone. So it looks like he can still use them, it's just the gauntlet looks like it got fused to his arm. Yeah, okay, so it's stuck to him. Interesting. Okay. Now he can't take it off. Interesting. Shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Quinn Murphy said in an email, "If you're, or I'm sorry, in your previous episode, X Men Homecoming, you talked a bit about if Iron Man one breaks canon with Shield. Continuing with canon, what is your favorite canon connection slash Easter egg in the MCU?" Bonus question, what do you think is the smartest use of canon? A little about me, I'm 20 and live in Utah. I've seen every MCU movie opening night and have multiple MCU tattoos. I've been a listener for about a year now. P.S. The name is Quinn. Like Quinn. Hey, I got it right the first time! Yeah! Yeah. Alright, cool. Uh, Go me! <laughs> thanks for writing in, Quinn. Appreciate you. Um, and thanks for listening so long. Uh, MCU tattoos sounds awesome. I should probably do that. You want to get MCU tattoos together, Jeff? Sure. For yeah, the podcast? come down to Tampa. Alright. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll straight up do it. I'll get, a, I'll get an MCU tattoo. <laughs> um, is it going to be paid for with our Patreon money? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that Patreon money is we're trying to use it to improve the show. Uh, but I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe having MCU, MCU tattoos, tattoos would improve the show. Would improve the show. Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So favorite Canon connection, my favorite Canon connections and my favorite uses of Canon are really just character based. Uh, it, it, obviously I love the little Easter eggs and stuff, but really what matters to me is the, the fact that, uh, the same, Captain America, the same Steve Rogers who said, I could do this all day in that alley in the first Avenger is the same one that said, I can do this all day to Tony Stark in Civil War. Like, that's probably my favorite canon connection. It's like, it's Easter eggy, it's small, it's a little connection, but it's, it's all about that he is that same character. And that's the kind of stuff that really gets me going is those like really important, the, the importance of you enter into a movie like Civil War and you fully understand it from both people's side if you had started that movie without without the existence of the mcu you wouldn't know who tony stark was you wouldn't know who captain america was it'd be really hard to flesh those characters out but because they did it the way they did it that movie's amazing and so that's the kind of stuff that really gets me going okay okay my absolute favorite one uh i can think of it immediately right offhand was the first mention of wakanda in age of ultron oh, with that vibranium was cool. that was cool 
with uh, Claw. And, you know, like right out of the gate, he's got the vibranium. He's, you know, he's dealing arms under the, you know, he's, he's an arms dealer. Uh, and then he gets his arm cut off. Like, completely leaving it open to uh, having his, uh, his, his sonic emitter, I think it was what it was called, from the comics. Having that through line of Wakanda, and then them never actually going to Wakanda was so great. Huh. I really did love all the stuff with Claw. He, he's a, he's a, he's a really fun character, and I, it, that's, that's almost the opposite of what I'm talking about, which I love, I love the stuff that connects, uh, a character, a pre-existing character. You're talking about- You were going about, for character through lines, I was going no, for Easter eggs. Yeah, no, 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 and, and that's what's so cool, is the same, because it's the same universe, they can drop something in that isn't there yet. Wakanda doesn't exist in this world yet, but it does. In the background it somewhere, does and that is that is super cool. Yeah, it's it's just Marvel building the world. You know, they they flesh out the world, and every time they show us a little bit more of the world, people are just like, "Give me that! Give me more of that! I want that! Give me more of that!" Uh, next, we got a voicemail. Hi, this is uh, this is Connor calling. I've been a long time listener, but I have not uh, really had any feedback that I sh- decided to share until now. And I figured I might as well get my thoughts out there. Uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to touch on was Captain Marvel. I was very concerned, uh, especially with some of the promotional material where they showed that the, uh, like they showed the, the clip and it said it's time for her and then it clips to a hero, changed the word to hero. I was originally concerned that this movie was just going to pander to uh, social justice warriors, but I was pleasantly surprised that they focused on telling a good superhero movie without completely completely glossing over those issues. I thought they struck an excellent balance, and I thought it was extremely fun, and I loved the movie. Uh, another thing that I really enjoyed about it was Nick Fury singing uh, Mr. Postman. I'm a huge fan of the 50s, and I was sort of validated because I haven't really found anybody else that seems to love that song and it's one of my favorites so I was really glad to see that uh, that's all I have for now but I uh, I may call in again and, and leave some other feedback uh, keep up the good work I really do enjoy the cast have a good day hey, hey wait a minute Mr. Postman <laughs> that's a great song it's a great song thanks Connor um, now you got me wanting to learn that song for my shows. Uh, I do a lot of oldies in my shows, um, a lot of, a lot of fifties and sixties stuff. So that would be yep. fun. That's a good song. And I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that Captain Marvel's promotional materials did not do it justice. It was, uh, really well done. And I, I do, I do think they leaned on the sort of social justice, um, her turning into hero, which as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, the people who made Wonder Woman have got to be so mad right now. Because <laughs> that is so... Like, I, he's saying it was bad, but I thought that was, like, so good. It was like, oh, yep. that was so clever. Do yep. that more. Do that more. Oh. <laughs> give me the, give me that more. That <laughs> clever thing. I like. Oh, man. I, but, but, yeah, they, I think they leaned on that in the promotional material because they were trying to capture a different audience that not all Marvel movies have, which is women. Um, and, and they were, and you know, they were trying to lean on the same thing that Wonder Woman leaned on, which is we're representing something that hasn't been represented in our universe yet. 
and uh, this we, we're, we're making this for you now, so come support it. And I don't know, that does seem a little pandery to me, <laughs> but uh, it, I don't think the movie was that at all. I think the movie was just a good superhero story. Yeah, yeah, I um, I, I think that with the uh, promotional material, it was more just to get people in there, just get people in the door. And once they got people in the door, they told the same old amazing stories that they have. I mean, yes, it's still, it is a female superhero in the lead being strong and, you know, not having to get her powers from any old man or whatever. But yeah, I say, I say, or whatever, like, that's just like, like I'm brushing it off. Like, well, and not that's only important that, not only for, that, it's also, it's directly about her sort of tossing off uh, the sort of control that um the other uh, gosh i can't even remember the character's name yanrog yanrog uh it's about her throwing off the sort of mental control that he's had over her he's been diminishing her power uh by he's been gaslighting ga- her yeah that's the word he's gaslighting the f out of her and um and and she has to learn to get over that and trust in her own ability and let her like, kind of unleash her power like that's that's the plot of the movie it's not it's not not a social justice war movie warrior movie like it's and and not not saying anything negative about that that's like i think they're they're trying to make a point there that i think is well made without being so overwrought and so, yeah, they didn't have to beat it. you over the head with it, with yeah. the, the feminism uh, aspect of it, I guess. Right. It was it was well-balanced, like you said. Like you said. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Nathaniel Buzzy said to us on Facebook, saw a Marvel ad for a clip that shows what's happened since the snap. I think it's time to go on lockdown. I need no more ads, no more spoilers. I've already bought my tickets. What do you guys think? The movie is pretty much sold out everywhere. Why keep putting out more and more revealing ads? Who needs to be convinced at this point? Yes, I'm with you, Nathaniel. I am pretty much done. Like, I, I think that clip uh, that we talked about at the beginning of this episode was probably one clip too far, honestly. <laughs> I was like, no, no, why did I watch that? I feel like, because the problem with those clips um, is when I'm in the movie theater and those clips come on, I kind of zone out because I, 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 I've, I hit this like, oh, I've seen this scene. And I kind of like turn my brain off for a second instead of, I don't know, the curiosity about what's about to happen carrying me through the entire film. I kind of hate these like, here, watch an entire scene. That's kind of a bummer. <laughs> well, they, they usually don't put everything that's in the scene in the clip. That's true. That's true. But then, so, then I find myself like kind of turning my brain off and then I don't have it turned on when I need to see something. I don't like it. That is my I immediately fault. go into overdrive. I'm like, what's different? What did they change? All right. Maybe I'll try that this time. I'll try to yeah, get excited, Matt. I'll try. I'll try, Jeff. <laughs> uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said to us on Facebook, TLDR, all the posts, but what are the chances this is the first actual spoken Avengers Assemble line we get? Mm. What do you think? Uh, I mean, they do have to reassemble them. <sighs> um, that is true. Man, I, what, what if we did get our first Avengers Assemble uh, was literally them all assembling? He's <laughs> 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 like, Cap gets the glove and picks it up and snaps and says, Universe, uh, reassemble. <laughs> <laughs> Universe, assemble. No, I had my my thought just now was like Captain America's hand inside the gauntlet, like the Thanos size gauntlet 
the super big gauntlet and he's like, he's straining to contain the power, but like forcing his will on it. And he's like, you know, his, his, he's being torn apart as it's going, but tears are streaming down his face. And he's like, Avengers assemble. And like, they all come back together as he disappears. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awful. I don't like that at all. <laughs> you put a lot more anime on it than I want, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's, that's very that's a super lot more, Saiyan. Uh, like, yeah, it's a lot more D and D. You know? Yeah. No, I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what they, if they're going to say. I'm so Avengers scared. I, I feel get- like they kind of address the Avengers Assemble of it all because I think the point is. I it's know, a goofy thing to say that's not really realistic. Yeah, I think that's the point. And that's what Joss Whedon was trying to playing with. But it's sort of the same thing. I know there's fans out there who want to hear it, but there's a reason uh, There's a reason it hasn't been said so far. is because it's kind of a goofy thing to say. I mean, he's the character to say it. Like, I think they could pull it off because he's Captain America and he is kind of goofy. Like and it's his line. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that doesn't the the average listener doesn't know like the average person might not know that, and so we're the the the, the balancing act they're constantly trying to do with these movies is serve the fans while not making a regular movie goer a guy who just like went to see this movie because it's just the movie that came out today doesn't care anything about the MCU him you don't want to turn him off and go. Pfft, Captain America's cheesy. You know, like, you gotta find a way to make that happen, and it just being his line isn't, doesn't work for that purpose. Works for me. It's good enough for me. Yeah, I agree. It's good enough for you, <laughs> the super fan. It's not good yeah. enough for the guy who's buying, you know, buying $50 tickets to the movies and popcorn and stuff just so he can go see it, and then, you know. So they, they, I understand the balancing act they're doing, and I, I'm okay if he, they, he never actually says it. Okay, you can be okay with that. It's okay. Yeah, uh, it's all okay. But it's uh, I mean, it'd be cool. I'm down. Like I, you know, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Uh, let's see. Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook, "I love and trust Marvel slash Disney, but can we just discuss for five minutes how dumb WandaVision is for a series name?" <laughs> what? I, th- I think it's great for a television series name. It's WandaVision. You know, I think it's kind of silly sounding. Like, oh, yeah. I acknowledge fully that that sounds silly, but I also think oh. it's, it reminds me of like old school television show. Yeah. Like 50s style. Yeah. It like reminds me of I Love Lucy. Like I could see yes. that, that show oh, being like, like, like Lucy Vision. They could have named that show Lucy Vision and that oh, would work. Oh my God. I need that series. Now I need Vision and Wanda in that series. Like I Love Lucy, except it's them. You know, it's a freaking android as as Ricky. But yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Like I, I honestly think, and if if that's the series we series we get is sort of that sort of romance mixed with uh, comedy. Mixed. I don't know. I could see it. I could see it. I'm 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 withholding judgment. I hear you that it's kind of cheesy. But I'm withholding judgment until we see how that goes, how, like yeah. how the show Un- goes. Until we get more about it, because we still don't have any details of like what the show's actually about. Right, and you know, it could, I'm gonna it watch could very it well be. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna watch it either way. It could very well be a, a series that's going between you know what happened in Civil War and what's happened in Infinity War, because that was two years that they were you know just kind of meeting off and on, uh, you know, kind of stealing away to be with each other. 
Yeah. So it could very well be that, and then they're still dead. I hate to say it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to have to say it that way. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. That's, Rachel Claire, that's a good point. Rachel Claire, save me from my, save us from me. Could be all of these series are just happening in the intermediate times. Oh, wait, don't hold, hold do on, that. hold on. Help okay. me out here. Okay, Wanda and Vision. Did they both disappear? Yes. Well, Vision got the stone taken out of him and immediately went uh, right, right, grayscale. Right, he, he's done. He's done. He's done. Uh, Winter Soldier Could be said that he and is Falcon. The stone. Winter Soldier and Falcon both got dusted. Both got dusted. Um, who else do we have series announced for? Loki is dead. Hockey. Hockey. What? Hawkeye is the only Hawkeye. one of Black. all of those. Hockey. Loki and hockey. Uh, yeah. Of all of those characters. Hawkeye is the only one we have a series announced who's not currently not in existence in the movies. <laughs> but it's only a limited series. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, what if all of these series, every single one of them takes place wrapping up kind of like a an emotional story arc for all the characters in the <sighs> times since they're not coming back? Don't do this to me, Matthew. <laughs> I just, I like, I like presenting that idea because it gives me like a little bit of hope that maybe we don't know how this movie ends. Like maybe it does end differently than we think. Oh God. <laughs> maybe the, maybe the original six stick around to defend the universe and like all the others have to stay gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just at the end, they're like, they have a, a, kind of a behind the scenes clip where everybody's just signing new contracts and that's why the original six are sticking around sticking around god words are hard man indeed rachel claire save us from me and matt actually <laughs> she mm. says hi love the podcast long time listener first time feedbacker have you guys seen the shipping of captain marvel and valkyrie i'm 100 percent pro it <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I have not I seen, haven't that. seen that. I haven't seen that. But oh, that's a, that's a character that we haven't even talked about. Is that uh, Valkyrie is still around? Uh, oh yeah. Well, I think we talked about it last week. Maybe that 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 her poster revealed she's not dusted, which is great. And I guess that means she's in the movie too, because there's a poster of her. Yep. Uh, yep. So that that's that's bigger news than the fact that she's still around. The fact that she'll be in the movie. Uh, as for shipping her and Captain Marvel. Uh, sure. Is how I feel about it. Like that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I we've just never seen them have any kind of on-screen connection. Like the the one with Thor. Like I think it's sort of. I think the whole shipping people is kind of silly when you don't have really any strong connections. Like I want if they're going to try to make characters um fall in love, I just want some really good genuine interactions that make that make sense to me. You know? Yeah. And, and right now, having they've never even been on the same planet, so or that we know of. Uh, I guess, I guess maybe Valkyrie and, um, and Captain Marvel is maybe is a cosmic character. Yeah, maybe they've been uh, out there in love somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what if? <laughs> no, that's dumb. I just made a dumb in my head. I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why she left the Valkyrie. Uh, she left to go be with be with Captain Marvel. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like, what if Captain Marvel was the blonde that saved her? <laughs> yeah, that's and a- that that battle was supposed to have happened like thousand like millennia ago. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't so, track. But it doesn't track. Uh, but but she can travel through time, right? According to Samuel L. Jackson. Wait, who can travel through time? 
Captain Marvel. Why? I don't know. Who said that? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, I don't. We talked about this before the movie came out. Oh, it's, it's oh Samuel Jackson, not the character of Nick Fury. Okay, yeah, that's probably just not true. <laughs> unless unless they're talking about her traveling through time in Infinity War or in uh, Endgame with everyone else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Valkyrie, but yes, uh, Valkyrie and Captain Marvel. Sure, go for it. I mean, the, uh, as long as they have chemistry on screen, that could be fun. Yeah, as long as it works. As long as it works. Uh, <laughs> I love this name. Uh, we got a, a Facebook message from Deep Continuity. Yeah. <laughs> deep, hot, wet continuity. Whoa. Uh, and I, 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 deep Continuity, I don't know if that's a person or... Uh, but his his profile picture or his uh, banner picture is the Avengers all with their heads replaced by Bill Murray. Wait, isn't that an idea we had like five hundred episodes ago? Yes, something like that. Yeah. We talked about that. Did is this based on our conversation? Deep continuity. Please write in. And is this entire profile <laughs> a friend of the MCU cast profile that I've never seen? Like I never clicked on your uh, banner before, but his profile picture is a picture of Bill Murray on on the his head on all the Avengers body from the first Avengers movie. That's amazing. Thank you, Deep Continuity. <laughs> I think I think you created a profile purely to be uh to, to write into us, which is amazing. <laughs> I am a okay with this. Oh, that's great. Okay. I don't uh, know so, why I never clicked on his uh profile before. Thanks, Deep Continuity. <laughs> Oh, man. So they said, you guys have talked at great length about what Marvel might do after Endgame, and so far my two favorite ideas have been for them to introduce the X-Men or to do Secret Invasion. One of the concerns about them introducing the X-Men is that the mutant hate, quote-unquote, is a part of their core identity, but also has been a bit overdone. And we've already seen something similar in Civil War, so why bother retreading old ground, right? But what if they were to introduce the X-Men and do Secret Invasion simultaneously? If my understanding of Skrulls is correct, they're able to reproduce the powers of the people they mimic, within a limited degree, of course. If the existence of mutants overlaps with the events of Secret Invasion, it would provide a perfect reason for people to be paranoid about mutants. The Skrulls could mimic a few mutants and start using their powers. In doing so, they would not only give those mutants a bad name, but also cause people to question whether we should even accept mutants in our society, because even if the mutants aren't evil, having them around could be uh, considered the equivalent of leaving a loaded weapon out in the open in plain view of a murderer. I I don't know what they're going to do with mutants. I think they're not going to do what we expect. For one thing, I was thinking about the scrolls and how they've used them so far. Uh, the scrolls in the original continuity are all about infiltrating. They're the bad guys in a sense. Um, in, in a lot of the storylines, they are the bad guys infiltrating and replacing our heroes. Um, in the more in Captain Marvel, they decided to use them in a way of expressing. Uh, a culture that is being outcast and is looking for a home and, and they're refugees. That's a totally different spin. And I think while the mutants, that mutant hate is a big part of their, uh, storyline, like what, what, what are they, what story are they going to try to tell that connects with today's political climate? Because the political climate of the day, the mutants were, 
uh, at first analogs for race, and then later in the 90s there were sort of analogs for homosexuality and other things that were not accepted at the time. And it's not like we're over those issues completely, but what's the most poignant way to use the mutants now? And I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but I have a feeling it's going to be connecting it to current modern struggles that we're facing. Because I think they're really trying at Marvel to talk about the issues of today in interesting and fun ways. Yeah, in in ways that we can accept in our little... Uh, in our little brains. <laughs> well, that's kind of mean to us. No, it is. It's mean specifically to us. Um, <laughs> no, I. It's hard to say what they what they would do um, as far as like you know how they would modernize it because they have to modernize it. Like you know when Iron Man first came out, Iron Man in the comics was originally like uh, Korean Vietnam War era, like. He was, he was overseas in Asia and, you know, had been captured. But then when the movie came out, he was in, you know, the deserts in the Middle East and was, right. you know, captured by forces there. So they have to modernize it to make it more, uh, not just identifiable, like not to identify with the, the current climate, but to make it more, I guess, to make it more palpable to draw on those those political leanings. Sure, and but here's the thing about Iron Man. Like, if yes, they changed the setting, but that's not what's interesting about the Iron Man uh, story. When you're talking about the themes that they're talking about and, like, what's going on in the background, what is the subtext of that movie? Uh, it turns out the terrorists... Uh, or us. <laughs> well, no, it's 2008, so we're talking seven years after 9-11. Yep. And... You know, yes, if, if that movie had come out in 2002, it probably would have been, hey, look at the bad terrorist. But in 2008, after they had some distance on 9-11, they're talking about the military-industrial complex. Like, that's yep. what that movie's about. The real bad guy is Obadiah Stane. You know, it's not the terrorists. The terrorists are just lackeys of Obadiah Stane. Yes, the terrorists are bad. He escapes from the cave, all of that. But the real bad guy is Obadiah Stane. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, what is the story that you want to tell? Um, I don't think that um, race or LGBTQ rights are, are, are the, the outgroup that we're trying to tell the story of right now. I mean, not that those problems are solved by any means, but they're definitely further along. The conversation has changed in 30 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, Or 60 years, if you're talking about the original X-Men runs. Um, So, like, what is, what, who's the outgroup right now? Is that the story that's even important right now, is, is having an outgroup? I think we're more in a place now as a society where every, we're, we're more divided. Like, the, it's less about one outgroup, and it's like everyone, is an outgroup from someone else. You know, like everyone is in their little bubbles and things like that. There's all these kinds of interesting things going on right now in our society. Um, and if you're, if you're of a certain race, it's, 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 you're less outcast from society and you're more sort of shifted into your bubble where you're accepted. And, and that's where we have this like rural versus cities mentality that's happening in politics. Like there's all this cool stuff that's going on that we could talk about with these stories. And I don't know how the mutants relate to that. And I, but I have a feeling they'll try to tackle something like that as opposed to just another analog for, uh, 
for for the rights of an out group. I don't know. What, yeah. what do you what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, my thought on it is that the the big thing like cuz you know it's it has it has to be uh, about the political climate cuz it always has been with X-Men. Um the the current big thing is nationalism being you know the 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 major talking point where everybody is kind of divided. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, the the thought that I had just now that was really like I, I feel kind of bad for having had the thought, but okay. it, was kind of, it was kind of funny still. It was like, oh, there's a mutant caravan headed for the border. We got to stop them. Right. Well, well the, the, the thing is, that's what the scrolls were. Yeah. The scrolls yeah. are the refugees. Like, that's, I mean, and we haven't talked about it much in the show. We don't get political much in the show, but like, uh, the scrolls. <laughs> Maybe that's why we can't come up with a good story. <laughs> <laughs> the scrolls are very representative of the refugees coming to our borders. And, we could either fight them or help them find a home, you know, like that's the, that's the whole thing. And, 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 and they don't, they don't let the refugees in that movie get off scot-free. Uh, the, the main character that I can't ever remember his name, any of the names from Captain Marvel, too many names and they're too weird. Uh, the main scroll, he says like, my hands are dirty too. Talos. My, my, my hands are dirty too. We've all, we've all gotten our hands dirty in this war. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I thought they did a pretty cool job of of showing what, uh, of kind of expressing that political idea of refugees without, you know, whatever, without, without leaning too far to one side or whatever, uh, or, or without being too preachy. It's going to be really difficult to do secret invasion now with the scrolls being painted as you being refugee, refugees, um, because, then you get into like, oh look, the, you know there was a good reason that they were being wiped out by the Kree because you know once they get all their numbers together, they they invade places and do bad things. Like right. I knew it all along. Like you, that's you leave that open. You can't do that. Well, see, I don't think that would be a bad thing though. I think that sort of like nuance is exactly the kind of story I want told because I think our biggest problem as a like nation right now is the lack of nuance. Like, you can't have someone that believes two things of opposing... There's, like, two opposing sides, and if you don't believe everything along both sides, or, like, along one side, then you are immediately ostracized to go to the other side. Like, it's it's real... It's real... Everyone has their camps. It's real isolated. And I think that, like, stories with nuance are important right now. And I think... Telling a story where there's a scroll, like a bad scroll that's doing a bad thing, uh, and then maybe you have other scrolls rising up to help or whatever. Like, I just think there, I think there's room for that story. Okay, okay, mm, yeah, maybe because because I think he's he said he said we're refu- basically they said they're refugees, but he also said we've done bad things in this war. Um, I yep. think they're they're refugees from the Cree, but that doesn't mean they can't ever do anything bad yeah. or that someone. From- Why were the Cree being jerks to them in the first place? Right, right, and and maybe there was some good reason, and maybe the Cree had just gone too far. Maybe there should have been some rules about their uh, entering their society or whatever. But like, maybe they went too far with it. Maybe that and and and, and there, there's 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 room for nuance. You know, there's room for nuance in in all of these discussions about the MCU. But there's also, I mean, there's room for nuance in all the discussions about our current political climate. But that's the problem. We don't like having those discussions. As soon as, if I were to say something right now about nuance 
in the border discussion, like the real life border discussion, like I would piss off a bunch of listeners, <laughs> which is one of the reasons we don't talk about politics on this show. Cause I, I love devil's advocating. Like that's, um, one of the major things I've learned about myself trying to uh, explore my own personality and figure out who I am in these last few years. I've been trying to do that. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is I love to be the devil's advocate. I love when someone throws something out, even if I agree with it, I love challenging it. And so I love to explore the nuance of an idea. Um, I pissed off one of my friends the other day because I was trying to just express the ideas of the opposite side. I don't even agree with them. I was just trying to say, yeah, but that argument that you're making doesn't mean what they're saying is wrong. Like, that's not an argument that would win them over. And I was trying to explain their argument, and he was just like, Matt, you suck. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just not automatically on your side because we're having a conversation. Like, I like to challenge ideas. I don't know. And and that's one of the reasons why I don't like politics, because right now it's so divided, you can't talk nuance. You just can't. Um, and, uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kyoki Young sent us a message on Facebook. Looks like you may have been right about Hawkeye training Kate Bishop in Endgame. And they linked the, uh, the Disney announcement of the Torch Passing Hawkeye series. Uh, yeah, at least that he's going to be passing the torch to Kate Bishop. We don't know that it's going to be an end game, though. I think it's going to be on his series. I think they're going to, I don't think they're going to clutter up end game <laughs> with another kid. Honestly, like someone asked earlier, and I don't even think I touched on this. Someone asked earlier about whether we think they're going to introduce, what new characters are going to introduce. And I just don't think they're going to introduce any new characters. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they're I think this movie is gonna be focused. This is it? It's done. No more characters. Just the ones that you've seen. My God, there are so many already. How would you want more? Yeah. And why? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, let's see. Ashley Coffin sent us a message saying, "Just catching up with the podcast. I think that Thanos shot is definitely after the team goes up to fight him, lose, and then he comes to the Avengers base to fight them. I think that is the Outriders." Hawkeye is running from, and to me it looks like the Avengers base is demolished. I don't think Tony is going to go back to space with them. I didn't see him on the ship, and Black Widow has her short hair. Uh, Cap is in his Winter Soldier suit. My guess is they go up real fast, but not everyone. To me it looks like he comes for them. When Tony, Thor, and Cap are walking up to him, and he's sitting there with his sword... I think they're going to uh, go up shorthanded because Banner, Clint, Tony are not going to be with them on the Benatar, or are not with them on the Benatar, or maybe shorthanded because the Hulk is still MIA. But we also can't trust the trailers. I just can't wait. Later, guys. And she also tweeted, uh, they play the chain when they do the slow-mo walk to Ego's ship. I'm with you, Ashley. I don't know. I don't know any of the answers, and I just can't wait. I just can't wait. All right. Uh, OA4 said on Twitter, I love listening to MCU cast and hearing about how Matt gives a 10-year-old girl diabetes. Yes. Crying yeah. laughing emoji. That's so true. <laughs> I did that. I didn't give that diabetes. I, I To be honest, we actually didn't give her that much ice cream. Uh, the little girl, every time she would say, every time she, we would curse, because we were having an adult board game night. It was all adults. And then my friend had to bring her 10-year-old, and I said, you can bring her, but we're not going to like turn it into a 10 year old party we're gonna drink and we're gonna talk and we're gonna you know we're not gonna be crass but we're gonna curse here and there no big deal uh and she's like oh yeah i don't mind that and i was like okay cool and so every time we'd curse the little girl would go language 
and we'd go ice and we'd just say ice cream, which meant she could have ice cream whenever we cursed. It was like our, our curse jar. <laughs> and, yeah, it was uh, your swear jar. Yeah, yeah. We actually didn't give her that much ice cream. We just um, would say ice cream at her, like as if she was allowed to go get some, but I think she only got some like one time. <laughs> But it was pretty She's fun. Like, I don't want any more. Yeah, I think she was done with ice cream. <laughs> but it made her laugh when we just told her, ice cream. Yeah. Just get She'd the ice like, cream. No, you have to force her to get the ice cream. Be like, no, you shouldn't have gotten so much the first time. You should have known this was going to happen. you got to stop saying language. We're, we're going to force feed you ice cream. Right? Like, Don't make me get the funnel. Oh, gosh. That's too dark. We were going to use that for beer, but I'll use it for ice cream. Too dark. <laughs> I know, I'm a dark person today, I'm sorry. Uh, another thing OA4 tweeted at us, Adam Zucast, I don't think there's anything that says Thanos grabbing the gauntlet takes place right after Ultron. Uh, it's happened before, like in Guardians for uh, Guardians 2, where they jump forward to group being a teenager in a post-credits. Good point. That's what we were talking about. Good point. Talking about that, and that is good evidence to the fact that, uh, yeah, they've done it before. And they will, might do it again. Yep. And for those not understanding, that discussion was uh, Thanos grabbed the gauntlet at the uh, in the post credit scene in Ultron. Age of Ultron and said, "Fine, I'll do it myself." And we were like, "What the hell? Like, why is this happening like that? You know, why is there a several year gap between him doing that and like, you know, all but the rest of the things?" We were mostly talking about the planet where they created the glove and like, why would he already have the glove that Nitivalier. many years before? Yeah, Nativalier. Uh, okay, cool. Yep. Uh, Lori London said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, my thoughts on Shuri missing slash dusted. I think it's a possibility she not only survived, but will also take up the mantle as Black Panther while T'Challa is out of commission, like she did in the Deadliest of the Species comic series. Wakanda still needs its protector. Ooh, I love this idea. I love the idea that they're lying to us, because I always do. And <laughs> I love that they're lying to us, that she's, you know, the, the, her putting on the suit would be just so badass. Yeah. And it I really would. I, I think it'll happen eventually, but I would love to see it in Endgame. Especially after she she does all of those things to increase the power of the suit and the, the versatility and like just to to make the suit better. Like it it's only right that she be the one to take it up. Yeah. Totally. Uh Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Twitter, Adam so you cast, can Disney Plus be right now instead of in the future? Uh sure. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> Yoda Hughes said on Twitter, Adam Zucast, what if da, 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 AOS is going to intro mutants into the MCU through the multiverse? This is just the conditioning before it's in the movies, right? Um, it works well for the Inhumans, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You got me good on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It could happen, but I doubt it. I think that two things. I think that they like to give their uh, directors the opportunity to intro the new characters and the new ideas. And they did try that with the Inhumans, and it worked very poorly. Um, well, then, you know, they, them introducing the idea of the Inhumans worked well on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but then trying to transfer that into... Um, into the show, the show of the Inhumans it got a little bucked up. Well. Yeah, so so I think that sort of just didn't work. 
the way they wanted it to. And I think they're going to show, I think the first time we will see X-Men will be in the movies uh, or at least have a hint of the X-Men, but mutants will be introduced eventually on the TV shows. But I don't know that agents of shield will be around long enough. I think they've announced two last seasons. So maybe, maybe the mutants will be around in time. Maybe. Uh, Feige has said recently that they're not going to use the mutants for a long time. Oh, really? Yep. I did not hear that. Yep, yep, yep. I didn't add it into the news because it was real sad. <laughs> that, is, that is real sad, and it could be a lie. I don't trust him. I don't trust none of it. I don't. It's a weird case where I don't trust someone at all, but I love them so much. Right? <laughs> right? Like, I love you so much. Everything that you do is absolute gold, except the things that you tell me. I can't believe any of it. Yeah, except, you know... Like, I, until I really, you show it on the screen, I cannot believe it. I love all the things you do, especially when you lie to me. <laughs> He's gaslighting the shit out of you, Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, JJ Carrido said to us on Twitter, Adam Zucast, you guys, this is all caps, by the way, so, you guys, WandaVision show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier show, Loki show, Marvel What Have show with Peggy Carter as Captain America. We have been blessed. I am so excited. Hashtag Disney Plus. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I properly captured the excitement there. Yeah. I think uh, you were just being honest about your own excitement, and that went through. I like yeah, that. I mean, I was channeling myself. Dig it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Matthew Jones, at Fatty Matty. <laughs> I love that tag. <laughs> oh, man. Adam Sucas, just found your pod. Thanks. Do you guys play Marvel Future Fight? Madden-like game where you recruit and build characters. Not all PvP. Tons of fun. Uh, I tried Marvel Future Fight. I also, for a long time, played Contest of Champions and uh, another game like that. Uh, but I had to give them all up because I have no self-control and will spend money. <laughs> I learned <laughs> Microtransactions are Matt's bane. Oh, gosh. Microtransactions hurt me. And I, I was actually looking at my credit card statements from last year, this week, because I was doing my taxes. And I was just like seeing if there were any like things I needed to charge to my business or whatever. And I was like, is there anything I'm missing in the receipts for that I need to track down? So I went through all of my transactions, and I found all of the ones to supercell. And it really hurt me how much they all added up to. Because <laughs> it seems so small when you're like, well, four, it's just a dollar. Four ninety nine, and I'm not, it's not like I'm doing it all the time, just once in a while, and I'll go and spend. But then I think about like, oh, I spent more on this stupid pocket game than I spent on like my, you know, whatever, the Spider-Man game that gave me so much more joy for PS4, you know, like... Yep. Uh, it's so fast. It happens so fast. Before you know it, <laughs> I just I, it was all a blur. I don't know what happened. I've just learned. I, I just can't do it. I just can't, I just got to stay away from all those games. Why am I living on the street now? I much prefer. I wish they made phone games that instead of microtransactions, instead of like play a lot to win, they were just good games. And I, I know they probably do. And I've tried to look for them, but every time I try to look for all the most popular games, and it's because. The ones that make the most money are the ones they can devote resources to. But I've played a few games over the years that I actually really enjoyed on my phone, but they're, they're rare. Uh, most games, most games are just like dopamine, uh, like pellet response things where I'm tapping and getting, getting dopamine for it and spending five dollars and getting, oh, look how shiny that crystal is. Ugh. 
I just I had to give it up, man. I had, I have I also gave it up because phone games take a lot of my time, and so I just stopped doing that. And every time I want to do something on a phone game, I like every time I start to take my phone out to play a phone game, which I still do because I still am conditioned to do it. Uh, I just redirect that to do something on social media to try to spread my uh, to try to post on social media more because social media I have has noticed. Yeah, social media has the same problem. The dopamine stuff or whatever, but at least I'm start. I'm trying to build up the social media of my music. Yeah, Check you're building out. your brand when you do that. Yeah. Do, by, by the way, guys, uh, if you're listening to this right now, I need you to listen to me. Listen to me closely. Read, yep. my, read my lips. I'm trying. Matthew Carroll, Spotify, Apple, Google. You you've got those apps on your phone right now. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple. Go to Google. Search for Matthew Carroll. And save it. Matthew, not Matt. Matthew Carroll. And go right over there. Follow me. Listen to my album. I'm super proud of it. It's called Left to Burn. Really, really proud. Full band. Badass album. Listen to that shit. Uh, <laughs> I've seriously, I've had this, I've had this album out for a year, over a year now. And Is it? I, yeah, it came out February of last year. So oh. 14 months, about the same amount of time I've been losing weight. And, uh, those are not unconnected. Uh, I love the album so much and I, I really wanted to spread, I really wanted to play the album live. And then I found myself not having the, um, energy to do the kinds of stage antics I wanted to do. So I, so I like, I finally got my crap under control and I've lost 160 pounds. Nice. Congrats, sir. 163 as of today. Um, but you found that you have some calories left to burn. (laughs) <laughs> that's what the <laughs> that's what the title means. That's what left to burn. No, um, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's real good. Good joke. Uh, but no, anyway. So I spent the last year just basically begging people to listen to the album, uh, playing shows, and just being like, listen to the. But it's so hard to get people to listen to new music. It's so hard. So if you're listening to this, thousands of people download this every week. Open up whatever music app you use. Search for Matthew Carroll Left to Burn. Check it out. If you like it, tell your friends because I don't know how to get people to listen to new music. <laughs> Some of you already have, and you've all been very kind and told me that. And multiple of you have come to my shows now because of hearing the music or uh, you know the podcast, and that's freaking awesome. You guys are freaking awesome. Yeah, do more of that because the stories about how Matt meets uh, people from the cast at his shows. And how awkward it is for him and how he doesn't know how to respond to it are some of my favorite stories. I, I am kind of bad at meeting people in real life, especially people that consume my content, like the podcasts <laughs> or the or the music. When they're like really like into the music, I'm really, really – I just don't know how to – I haven't developed the muscles – not enough people have liked my music. No, that's, that's funny. I'm just being silly. Uh, not an, it, it's kind of true, though. Not enough people have liked – have like been fans of my music or my podcasts, like in real life, for me to know how to look at them in the eye and speak to them. Like, I just can't do it. I like, I get, I get weirdly like, ashamed. Like, how do you know so much about me? Right. Like, oh, you're a person that listens to me talk for an hour every week. And I, I, I feel like weirdly ashamed of myself. Like, it's weird. It's a weird response. I, like, I just can't make eye contact with them. I keep looking down. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's a bad scene. It's a bad scene. So come I've, come to one of my shows and make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've had to forcibly like 
you know, uh, wrench myself into saying, because uh, like somebody at work, uh, Carolyn Ali, listens to our podcast and, you know, occasionally will tell other people that come around at work about it. And I've, I've had to forcibly be like, yeah, yeah, it's the best thing ever. Why haven't you been listening to it? <laughs> and, you know, it seems kind of like, it seems really, really arrogant of me to, to do that, but like I try to play it off as a joke, but that's the only way that I can cope with like, this is a person that I know that listens to me speak for like hours at a time. Yeah. I'm with you. I've got good friends who listen to the podcast and you know, I've got a lot of good friends who listen to the music too. And I don't know, somehow when I know them, I don't know, I guess I'm better at it with the music than I am the podcast. Maybe. Because I'm it's, just like, oh, it's the podcast. Mean, it really means a lot. I don't know. Just it's really meaningful to me because I'm real proud of the music. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the feedback so we can get through a few more before we have to shut her down. Uh, but Matthew Carroll, uh, check out the album, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, whatever your music service. Yeah, left to burn. That's Go. My, that's my that's my mid roll ad for today. Okay. All right. So we got an email from another Matt. Uh, Instagram.com slash the, the underscore MCU underscore shelf, uh, apparently, is the uh, the tagline there. It says, hey, guys. Hello. Hey, yeah. I love listening to the show. So to me, it seems like the logical choice for who will rescue Tony should be Thor. If he can now summon the Bifrost like, yeah, like he did to get to Wakanda, then he needs to be able to see where he's going, similar to Heimdall. So what we didn't see in Infinity War must have been him looking toward Earth to see if Thanos had arrived, and seeing the battle at Wakanda and summoning the Bifrost to go and lay the smack down. It doesn't seem like Endgame is going in this direction now, but I'd like to see them discuss Tony's abduction and Thor look to the stars and say, I see him, but he's weak, or something like that. And then, boom, he summons the Bifrost and goes and collects Tony and Nebula, easy peasy. Somehow he knew they were in Wakanda. I guess you could argue he just went to Earth, saw the news, and went to Wakanda. Uh, but that isn't cool enough. <laughs> Crying, laughing emoji. Uh, anyways, here's a look at my MCU action figure display. Hopefully you will deem me worthy of true MCU nerddom with my fellow true believers. Uh, you can see more on my Instagram account if you're into that stuff. At the underscore MCU underscore shelf. Thanks for the great show and for listening to my theory. Sorry for the length. E- emoji. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh I am jealous of your uh, of your your wares um, of your <laughs> your, wares. your MCU shelf. It's like really he's peddling. Cool. He has a lot of yeah. He's not he's not peddling. He's just showing uh, showing off. But yeah, uh, at the underscore the underscore MCU underscore shelf. Uh, he has some really cool uh, just like poses and stuff. I, I I'm jealous. I don't have the space for anything like that. <laughs> I've, I've music gear everywhere. Um, I've got like one small shelf of Funko Pops, and that's about it. Yeah, Very I get cool them. Uh, I get them at my at my desk at work, and you know, I've only got so much space that I can keep them in. It's just you know, some like eight or so Funko Pops, and I'm like, ah, these got to stay in the boxes because I just I don't have space for it all. Mm-hmm. Man, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff, Matt. Um, yeah, so. I'm just looking over his over his Instagram now. I don't know how the Bifrost and the Thor and if he has to, like how much he has to see. Uh, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe if he just has to see where he's going, maybe like they'll communicate somehow from the Benatar and like let them know what's going on or like send a video feed from Nebula's eyes. <laughs> um, 
just, just or from the helmet. Yeah, or, or from the helmet. Yeah, like send a video feed, and then he sees where they are, and they can go there. I don't know exactly how the Bifrost or uh, that works. I, I have we ever seen them go take the Bifrost anywhere that was not a planet? Um. No, I mean the Bifrost. Uh, we never saw the Bifrost get summoned by anything other than that one point at Asgard, and except for at the end of Endgame, right? Except well, at the beginning of Endgame too, because uh, it was um, right. That's Heimdall, true. Heimdall that's summoned true. the Bifrost to send Hulk away. And, you know, he, he did that through his own power or like, you know, he called out to all father, like, please give me, you know, what dark energy you can to summon the Bifrost and then sent the Hulk away. But we haven't really seen it used as like just a, a ship almost kind of like a, uh, like a, like a travel pattern or whatever. Like, it seems like it has to have a destination and can't just be like turned at any given time. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we just don't know is is the truth of we don't know exactly how that works yet. So we'll see. And, and I don't know how it works in comics, but maybe it works a little differently here. We just we just don't know yet. Yep. But I do think it's uh, definitely a possibility that Thor will use the Bifrost to get Tony back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we didn't think about that before. <laughs> it's like it's the obvious choice. Yeah, he does have the ability to travel all over the universe. So, well, I mean, it's obvious that there's going to be some uh, problem with it happening because there's they're going to spend some time in space, days in space. So, yeah. Um, what do you think about uh, Thor using the Bifrost to get everybody to Thanos? Because, like in that clip uh, that we saw. I think that's you know, pretty. They were saying, "Let's go get the son of a bitch." I think it's probably Thor going to summon the Bifrost and take them to Thanos. Yeah, and we see that is another planet. It looks like he's off on some planet. They're looking at a readout of where they need to go. Like I think, no matter what the rules of the Bifrost are, it seems like that would work. Whatever they're trying to do there will work. Yeah. Yep. And um, you know, then that gives them kind of an easy out, I guess, when uh, when they get defeated by Thanos to. Uh, have Thor just bifrost them out? Yeah, they they definitely have a little more mobility around the universe with with Thor's new new weapon. Yep, with the axe. He needs the axe. Uh, Dustin Kaufman, still a great name, uh, sent us an email. Hey guys, just sending my, in my favorite music drop in the MCU so far because nobody mentioned my favorite. Uh, it was probably when the Avengers theme started playing as Cap and Widow showed up to save Scarlet Witch and Vision at the train station in Infinity War. While it's technically not a song, it still was awesome and gave me chills when I watched it in theaters. Also, the chain by Fleetwood Mac in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was pretty epic. Anyways, thanks for the great podcast. I like that music drop a lot because even though it isn't uh, a song, uh, a pop song, uh, it is now so recognizable because of the, these movies and because of our love of them that it is a really great needle drop. You know, so yep. it, it definitely fits the fits what we're looking for for good needle drops. Yep, yep, yep. I uh, I love a good use of uh, or a good reuse of score to just uh, to, you know turn the. Uh, Turn the feeling, turn the mood of the of the scene, and when that music dropped, it was just like, ah, oh, yeah, shit's turning around now. Yeah, for sure. Yep. 
Uh, Mark Stanek sent us an email. Hey guys, just found you, you guys after getting into podcasts more. To touch on your music topic, for me, I have to say when Iron Man shows up in the first Avengers movie to help fight, or to help Cap fight Loki with ACDC Shoot the Thrill taking over the Quinjet speaker system is top of the list for me. Also not sure if you mentioned or talked about it. Uh, if they do the, do cast the Fantastic Four actors, I think John Krasinski and Emily Blunt would be perfect for Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. Keep up the great work looking forward to hearing more from you guys yeah i, I love that uh john krasinski and emily blunt i think that would be awesome i think that that could work um i like john ham for Ooh, yeah. uh, probably dr doom to be honest yeah i love i love that him for dr doom yeah ah it's good i like <laughs> i i could also kind of see john ham as the thing I I don't know about that one. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, has always been more of a you know gruff New Yorker for me, and John Hamm's always seemed more prim and proper. Yeah, and uh, oh, I I think that's true to some degree, but I think he has I think he has some range that he's not shown. Uh, yeah, it, it, more recently he did it with like Tag. He was really funny in that, and a lot more like you know, wild and get out there and do things instead of, uh, you know, uh, as prim and proper as he was in, uh, Mad Men. Hmm. But he is still pretty well put together in that movie. So that's fair. But mostly the thing is going to be mostly a voice. And I was just thinking that he could, he could work for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that his, his voice would go quite swell into the Dr. Doom armor. Like not not to say that I didn't like uh, Julian McMahon, but I think that John Hamm would probably be fantastic as well. Yeah, not sure. to say fantastic like Fantastic Four because it's the obvious pun. I just I accidentally did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so Haley Powers sent us an email. Uh, hey guys, just discovered your podcast this week and love divulging in all the theories and general MCU talk. Two pretty random thoughts that don't go together, but who else can I ask? You know, we are all about random thoughts. That is true. <laughs> Number one, Hella and the hammer. The whole thing with Thor's hammer is you must be, quote unquote, worthy to lift it. But obviously we see Hella catch and break Mjolnir in Ragnarok, plus the old mural in the palace shows her wielding it next to Odin. Uh, is it less about being worthy and more about your general godlike strength? <clears throat> Not to mention Steve being able to budget in Age of Ultron, which totally freaks Thor out. Maybe being "quote unquote" worthy was BS fed to Thor to make him sit up straighter at a, as a younger prince. Not a comics reader, so don't know any of the canon with it. Uh, well, I can answer this one. I think I don't okay. think that that spell was on the hammer until the first Thor movie. Yeah, I mean, Odin spoke to the hammer, casting a spell on it, casting that enchantment. Yeah. Whosoever holds this hammer, if you be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Yeah, so I think that if Hela used the hammer in the past, that is because it did not have that spell on it just yet. And as far as her catching and breaking it now, mm, godlike strength? Yeah, well, I was just say she didn't wield it; she broke it, which is 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 to yeah, it's a distinction. It's a small distinction, but it's a distinction. Like she was, she's fighting against the hammer instead of uh, like actually trying to work with the hammer. 
as it were. Yeah, it's not like she caught it and then spun went it around to use it. Yeah, it. spun it around, use it, broke it on him or something like that. That's probably why she breaks it is because it's uh, she doesn't have the ability to use it anymore because she's not worthy. So when she touches it, she just shatters it. Yeah, maybe. When two things collide, if one of them break, the stronger one is going to be the one that breaks the other one. And she just in that case was just stronger than Mjolnir. Yeah, yeah, that could be said. In uh, in Norse mythology, Thor actually had to have, I think it was either a belt or bracers of strength to be able to lift Mjolnir. Hmm. Uh, it was more just about his godlike strength at that point. Right. Uh, let's see. So, Haley continues, number two, where's Adam? Any thoughts about if Adam Warlock is going to show up in Endgame as a surprise? We know he was being created in Guardians 2, but mum's been the word since then. Love the cast. Keep it up. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. I think I think they're going to wait till Guardians three, mostly because I think they have too many characters to deal with at this point. <laughs> there's just too much going on. Yeah, there's it's it's not his story, you know. It's yeah. not a it's not a Guardian story. It's it's those it's the OG six. Right, I'm with you. All right, guys. Well, we are hitting up on about. Two, two and a half hours of recording time here, uh, and we are going to have to shut her down just so I can get these edited and posted. Uh, we did miss out on a couple of the longer feedbacks. We might have time to bring them in next week, uh, get all these theories out before the actual end game uh, drops. We got one, probably one more big uh, sort of theory feedback episode before end game. So uh, send in your stuff uh, to get them in quick, uh, keep them kind of brief, and that would be awesome. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, if you want to support the cast, go to patreon.com slash MCU cast. We would love to hear from you there. Uh, we love you all. Until next time, true believers.